0: Well, this morning, I want to welcome you to Gate City Vineyard Incorporated. My name's Beth Graham, I'm the CEO of this organization. I got Tim Towery, who's my CFO, Chief Financial Officer. I got Lisa Burback, who's the COO in charge of operations. Got an incredible board of directors, Chris and Relisa and George, who are, who are there making sure you get a return on your investment. And I got a management team, bar none. I got Susan over the children's department. I got Courtney over the worship department. And you are our fine customers. We wanna make sure you're happy and satisfied that you get everything that you need, that you, all your needs are met, that you, we do it your way. Did anyone have a problem with what I just said? Please tell me you had a problem with what I just said. Please tell me you had a problem with that. It's pretty easy, though, isn't it, to think of a church as a business. I mean, we got a building, we got a budget, we got employees and staff. And it's very much like, you know, we go to Walmart, if they don't have what we like, we go to Target. If we go to this gym and we get a membership there and we don't like what they do there, we just cancel that membership, we get a different membership. Super easy to do the same thing With churches, you definitely have enough choice here in Greensboro, (laughs) definitely lots of churches. But let me ask you something, as a church, am I really the CEO in charge, and are you really the customers? Are they really a board of directors in the way that we think of that? Is that what we're doing here? Is that what we're trying to do on a Sunday morning, is provide you with a product, a show? Everything about what I just said is completely unbiblical. That is not what God's design is for the church. That is not how he made the church. I'm not at the top with the board of directors under me and then management and all you customers. No, 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 no. Jesus is the head of his church. Jesus is. And all the rest of us sit down here. We're down here helping each other, using our gifts, giving everything that we have, offering everything that we have to build up his kingdom here, to build up one another in our faith. That's what church is about. We're part of the vineyard where one of our key distinctives is everyone what? Everyone plays, everyone plays, everyone has a part. So it's not that there's some that are over others, it is that we are all together doing what God has called us to do as the body of Christ. We're not a business. And I have some news for you. You're not the customers. (laughs) We're not just trying to please and satisfy you so that you come back. That's not the goal here. I do hope that you're pleased and satisfied on some level, but that's not the goal. Actually, you are all living stones. We're all living stones that are being built together into a temple to the Holy Spirit. And have you ever tried to build a... A a wall or a building and leave out a couple stones. It's not going to work, right? The whole thing's going to fall down. Even if every other stone is working perfectly, if there's some stones missing, the wall won't stand. So, this is what we are we are an organism, we are the body of Christ with Jesus Christ as the head, and He needs each one of us to be bringing our part, to be offering our part no matter what role we have here in this church. And we're talking this three weeks about being expectant and ready. In a couple of weeks, we'll be starting James. I'm excited to get into that book. It's gonna be great. Get in a life group. I second what, what um, Mylene said to you today. It's the way to get to know people. It's the way to get knit into this body. I can't wait to have a life group. That's why we wanted to do it, just so that we could get to know some more people. I'm excited about that. But for these three weeks, we're, we're looking at this idea of, are we expectant and ready for what God wants to do? Because I do believe God is launching us, kind of relaunching out of COVID, new pastor, everything else. He's relaunching us as a church, as a body. And are we ready and expectant for what God is going to do? Are we ready? Not sitting there as customers saying, huh, wonder what he's going to do. But ready, ready to do our part, to be part of that. Every person on the team. We are like a pit crew. I have a picture here of a pit crew that. Everybody on that pit crew has a job. Some of them have the tiniest job. One guy just carries a tire. <laughs> That's all he does, just carries it. You know, another guy's like checking out the technical parts. Another guy's putting the tire on. Another guy's checking the gas. I mean, everyone, one guy just stands there waiting and telling everybody when the car's about to come. He <laughs> doesn't even touch the car. But if any one of those pit crew members doesn't do their part, that car is not going to win. The car's not going to get going, something's going to go wrong. We are each like that. We each have a role to play, and that's what we're talking about. This is about how to be ready. Am I ready for what God wants me to do? Your presence matters here. Your presence online matters. What you do matters for this church and for God's kingdom here. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to talk about this, that you're a part of the body of Christ. I want to get us into 1 Corinthians 12 this morning. It says this, uh, starting at verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts, many parts, form one body, so it is with Christ. For we, all of us, were baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then he goes on to kind of describe what this looks like. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Customers come and go and you don't really notice. But if I were to take away your eye today or your foot or your hand, you would notice. You would notice. Your presence matters. Your presence matters. And so each of us has to figure out, am I an eye, am I a foot, am I just the pinky toe? You know, it's, it's even rough to live without a pinky toe. It's an important little thing on our body. What part am I? What am I? How do I fit into this living building? And, you know, I, I believe that God brings together everybody that he needs for his body at any given time. And sometimes, over time, some of you will move away. Somebody will get a job somewhere else. They'll move on to somewhere else. And I hope that wherever you end up going, you will then get into another body and find out where you fit in that body because there's probably a hole in that body that's waiting for you. But at the same time, those of you who have come here, and some of you perhaps are new today, maybe you're new in the last year or two, haven't really figured out where you fit in this body yet. And I want to say to you, isn't it cool that there's a spot in this body that's just waiting for you, that you are, he- God designed it for you to come to be part of this body, because there's a part that only you can play, that no one else can play that part. I think it's awesome that God does this. It says he placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He's placed you here. You're not here on accident. You're not here on accident. God has something for you. And the question might be, how? How do I do what I do? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? Well, one of the answers to that question is the idea of spiritual gifts. If you look at this passage I just read, right before it, there's a whole description of the spiritual gifts. These are gifts that God gives to each one of us. We don't have to be a seminary graduate. We don't have to be a super Christian. We don't even have to have been a Christian very long to be able to serve in the body of Christ. But God gives us spiritual gifts. So I want to read now to you, and we're it's like we're backing up in Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and let me read to you what Paul says about this. He says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one. The manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To each one, so every one receives a gift. To one is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Amen. This is one of those passages they call a gift list. It's a, it's, and there's actually several throughout the scripture. It's interesting. Paul doesn't just say, here's the gifts and that's it. He, he kind of talks about them as if there's tons of them. You almost feel like he didn't even mention them all, like there may be more that we don't even know about because it's the, the, the gifts are different, the lists are different that he gives. There's another one in Romans I'll just give you in order to uh, give you a little bit more. He says in Romans 12, four to eight, For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Here we are with that body image again. And each member belongs to all the others. Here's a list of the gifts. We have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So more gifts. In fact, the, n- the next slide I want to put up here is a list of most of the gifts. Again, we may have missed some all, o- all throughout Scripture. So many different gifts that God gives to his people in order to do the work that he wants us to do here. He doesn't want us to be uninformed about this. I know you've had some teaching here at Gate City Vineyard before about spiritual gifts. It's probably not a new concept for a lot of you. Um, And I know you've even taken spiritual gifts tests. Some of you have your tests uploaded in Realm. Bravo, that's awesome. Um, So, you know, that's great. And many times when we do that, we we figure out, oh, this is my gift. I know what I'm going to do. And we get really keyed in. And sometimes we do all that and we still don't really know where we fit. And that's normal. Because I, I really believe that figuring out your gifts and figuring out where your place is in the body is a lifelong pursuit. It, it's something that you learn more and more as you get, and it actually changes. The gifts I used in the body at the, in my 20s are very different from the gifts I'm using now. So God even uses different gifts in our life throughout the years. So I always feel like it's a good time to talk about spiritual gifts. I just feel like we should remember that God has gifted each one of us for something and to use that here. And so every time I encounter a spiritual gifts discussion, I use it as an opportunity, and I'm encouraging you to do the same. Use it as an opportunity to step back and to say, Lord, what are my gifts again? Let's talk about that. Let me remember. And how am I investing in using those gifts? Am I? Or have I kind of given it up for a little while? I know during COVID, it's been hard for many of us to use our gifts, but we're starting to move that to some extent. So what is it, Lord, that I'm supposed to be doing now with my gifts? How am I supposed to be moving forward? Where am I investing my time? So I want to talk about three things with spiritual gifts to help us as we try to figure out where do I, what am I, am I that pinky toe, am I that hand or that foot? And the first thing I want to say about spiritual gifts, he says don't be uninformed, so I'm going to inform you this morning about the spiritual gifts. The first thing I want to tell us today is that gifts are given for the building of God's kingdom. That's what they're for. They're given by the Holy Spirit to believers to encourage God's church. They're not for ourselves. They're not for our fulfillment and to feel satisfied about our life. They're not about even for the world, although often the world benefits from the use of our spiritual gifts, but they're not for the world. They're for the church. This is something God gives for the building up of his body and his kingdom. That's what they're for. And so our motives matter. Why we want a certain gift, why we want to use a certain gift or don't want to use a certain gift matters. It's for the common good, it says in 1 Corinthians 12:7, Each one, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. A good kind of counterexample to that is a man named Simon. He was a sorcerer in Samaria and he, uh, he had some kind of powers evidently, although not from God, some kind of... Uh, pro- potentially demonic powers or some kind of powers that he manifested, and so he wanted more powers if he could get them, and so he saw Peter and John who came to Samaria and were laying hands on people, and evidently they were getting filled by the Holy Spirit in such a way that everyone could see it. And so, um, you know, he said, I want some of that. So this is what he says in Acts 8, 18 to 21. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, and he said, give me also this ability that everyone on whom I lay my hands may maybe that's not a bad thing right if he could get it so that he could you know have more holy spirit great maybe that was good what does peter say may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of god with money you have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before god repent and so motives matter, why we want the gifts matter, and using them not for our own profit or importance or anything um, or significance, but to use them for God's kingdom, for God's people. It, it matters, it's for God's glory. Like we talked about last week, everything we do here is for the glory of God. Yeah. Psalm 115:1, one, not to us, not to us, but to your glory, to your name be the glory, Lord. That's why we do it, that's why we use our gifts. That's why we use our gifts. But it's also interesting and important to distinguish between our talents and our gifts. People tend to get this a little bit confused as well. Every one of us has talents that we're born with. Uh, Whether we're a believer or not, we all are are talented at certain things. We often use the word gifted uh, and certain things. And so there are people all over the world who are are wonderful at leadership, who are wonderful at service, who are wonderful at giving, who are wonderful at administration, and and in all kinds of contexts, whether they know God or not. And this makes a lot of sense because we're made in the image of God, correct? So we're going to have those elements of God within us, those, those qualities that are God-like in some senses. There are qualities that are good that God gives to everyone. We're all, we all have talents of some kind that he's given us. But spiritual gifts are different. They are anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, the work of the kingdom. That's what they're for, to operate in those areas. The kingdom of God, and this is important for us to realize, church, the kingdom of God does not move forward through natural means, but in spiritual ways. It does not move forward in natural ways, but in spiritual ways. This is why, often, not every time, but often, when I'm in leading a group, whether it's the board or something else, we start with an extended time of prayer. Now, that's not just because we're Christians and we're supposed to pray. It's because your board is really smart, okay? They're really, really smart, and we could figure everything all out on our natural way. With all of our brains and education, we could figure everything out, run this church, do everything we do, but there would be no kingdom growth Okay, God can use our natural abilities, but it's only through spiritual means that God moves. That's how his kingdom grows is through spiritual means. So we need to be calling on the Holy Spirit to empower those things that might be naturally within us. Does that make sense, church? So don't rely on your natural abilities because you're all really smart. and You're all really good at what you do. But if we want to see the kingdom go forward in this place, we need to start to rely on spiritual means. We can do a lot of great things in the natural. Beautiful things are done out in the world and in the, in the natural. But kingdom work is done in the spiritual realm. So desire and use your spiritual gifts. That's why God gives them to you. Amen? They're also, you know, it's, it, it, sometimes your talents can, can indicate where a spiritual gift might be. And so often people who are talented in leadership are also uh, gifted in leadership for spiritual work in the church. But Um, Not always. I've known many people who are very talented teachers, for example. Beautiful teachers in colleges or in high schools or whatever. Beautiful teachers, but they don't have that anointing and gifting to teach in in the church. And that's fine. That's fine. So again, don't confuse your talents with your gifts, but sometimes they're an indicator. They can show us where our passion is, where God's put a joy in us to serve or to give or to teach. And God can also use that as we give it to him, as we allow him... The important thing is that the gifts are given for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. So that's the first thing we need to know, that they're given for his kingdom. The second thing I want us to know is that every one of you has different gifts. We don't all have the same gifts. Um, The body of Christ functions best when there's a lot of diversity with unity. Unity. So that's how the, function, the body functions best. If we all had the same gift, like he says, if everybody were an eye, where would the foot be? <laughs> like, how would we get anywhere? We would only be able to see and not be able to move. So we need all the gifts here today. We are interdependent. 1 First Corinthians First Corinthians 12:4 says there are different kind of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. Romans 12:5. so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So we are d- interdependent. We need all the gifts. And, you know, there's a tendency to think that uh, to be a Christian, I need to look a certain way or sound a certain way or talk a certain way. And so we fall into a trap. I know sometimes people will walk into a church and be like, well, I'm not like these people, so I don't know that I fit in here. I want to say to you that if you ever think that coming in here, I want to say you've come to the right place. (laughs) Because if you're different from us, then we need you. We need that differentness, that different gift that you bring that maybe other people here don't have. There's something only you have to bring to the body of Christ. We need that. We need that. You have a part to play that no one else can play. Now, I have been on a lot of teams over the years, a lot of teams. And um, maybe some of you have had this experience where you're on a team and most of the people in the team have a similar kind of outlook and way of operating. And then there's an outlier, somebody who's different Uh, I've been on many teams, it seems, where there's a lot of people on the team who are leader types. Leader and administrators, managers, right? So they wanna get things done, they're like very forward thinking, and they wanna, and then there's one mercy person. And by the end of that meeting, all those leader people just wanna murder that mercy person. (laughs) Because they're always saying, well, what about the person's feelings, and how can we help them? And, and, And we're not getting anything done when you're thinking like that. Aren't you glad God puts mercy people on our team? Aren't you glad that we're not all leader types or administrator types? Aren't you glad there's people who think that way, who think differently than we do? It does not make it easier, but it's so much better, right? So much better. If you're that one mercy person, you just speak up, all right? Don't let the leader people bowl you over. (laughs) Speak up. We need every single voice. We need you. I am so grateful to have people here in your leadership, in this church, who are different than me. God knows you wouldn't want a whole bunch of me. (laughs) One is is probably plenty enough. And so thank the Lord that he brings so many, so many different gifts to us. It also does no good to say, well I don't, I wanted that gift. I don't want the gift I have. (laughs) I've had people go through a spiritual gifts test and be sort of disappointed that they didn't get the gift they hoped they had. And it's sort of like, you know, wishing you would grow. T- my poor kids, like they, two of my boys anyway, wish they would be taller. <laughs> and they kept hoping, you know, that would go, and you just, you, you are as tall as you are. There's nothing you can do about that, right? Like the teachers say, you get what you get, you don't get upset. <laughs> God knows what he's doing. So he knows you, he knows the gifting he's given you, he knows why that's needed. And let me just say this to you. If you begin to walk in the gift God's given you, not the one you thought you had or the one you thought you wanted, but the one you actually have, when you begin to walk in that and, and begin to be obedient to God in that, you will get so much more joy and satisfaction out of your life, and you will see the fruit of God coming out of your life rather than fighting it and wishing you had something else. God gives the grace and he gives the gift. And none of the gifts are more important than others. If you go back to that spiritual gifts list here, um, you know some of them we tend to think of as the kind of important leadership type gifts—apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, right? We think of those as as one kind of gift, as if they're bigger, more important. Some of us think of the miraculous gifts as more important—you know, miracles and healings and tongues and words of wisdom and all that. We think that's the important stuff. Let me just tell you something: they are all important and supernatural. They're all supernatural and important and, and necessary for the body t- to function. I can remember having my first baby and I had kind of an emergency uh, situation and so I finally got home after many days in the hospital and um, one of the ladies in the church, now I had been in the church a while but I didn't really know a lot of the older people in the church. I kind of hung out with the, with the 20-somethings and so I didn't really know them and so this woman who I barely knew came to our door with an enormous pan full of homemade Italian food. It was pasta and meatballs and sausage and garlic bread. I mean, it was so good, all homemade, and I was blown away. Like, I didn't grow up in the church. I'd never encountered anything like this, people bringing food to each other like that in huge amounts, homemade and everything. My mom and I were like, what is this? We ate it for three days. It was so incredible, and I was so blown away. Like, I just couldn't imagine and, you know, knowing her later, of course, she had, she had incredible gifts of hospitality and service. That was what God had gifted her with. And I will admit to you that before that moment, I had not really valued those gifts. I was more about the power gifts, you know. But after that moment, I never underestimated the gift of hospitality and of service. Amen. It literally changed my life. Like, I think about it today, and it gives me chills still. What she did for that young mom... Who is struggling with a new baby? Every gift is important and supernatural. God works supernaturally through these gifts. They are His gifts from His Holy Spirit. All the gifts, when used in submission to and in the power of the Holy Spirit, are miraculous, supernatural, important, and needed. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. The third point I want us to know so that we are not uninformed about our gifts is that the point of having a gift is to use it. I'm not going to be all that pleased if you do your spiritual gifts test, you figure out that you've got all these gifts, and then you, you just don't do anything with it. I mean, that's not the point, right? The point of the gift is to use it. Romans 12, 6 to 8 kind of puts it in a, in a very clear way. Apostle Paul says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. <laughs> in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then? If it is teaching, then? If it is encouraged, then give? If it's giving, then? Give. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is like the ancient version of Nike's just do it. (laughs) Just do it. If you got the gift of service, where are you serving? If you got the gift of giving, where are you giving? We're supposed to be using this. And I'm not doing you any favors if I don't challenge you, and I am challenging you this morning to start walking in obedience to the Lord Jesus and walking in the gift he gave you. I know that there are some of you who've been sitting on a gift for years. Maybe you even took the test, and you said, ooh, I didn't want that gift, and you just shoved it under a little book and said, I'm not gonna use that gift. Let us take this moment to say, no, Lord, I'm going to t- use the gifts you've given me. Lord, show me how to use the gift that you've given me. There's a reason he's given that to you. Your gift matters. You matter. Sometimes we think, well, when my kids are older, then I'll get, I'll get involved in all that stuff. Or when my business is established, or when I have more money and the finances are more evened out, or maybe when I retire. No, no, no. God says, I got you a gift right now. How can you use it? And I recognize that there's probably some of you who say, look, Beth, you have no idea. We can barely get ourselves to church on Sunday morning. (laughs) getting the kids out of the, out of the house and getting here on time. Like that's all I can manage. Some of you are struggling. Some of you are struggling looking for jobs. Some of you, just, just enough to get through the day. And I, I get that. And I hear that. And I see that. And I pray that you will come and be ministered to here. That God will speak to you and will encourage you and, you and the love of the people will gather around you and you'll sense that. And you'll sense the love of God and that you will be built up and strengthened for your life in the week ahead. I pray that happens. But I also pray that you don't end up staying in that place forever. Because what happens is we miss out on how God actually wants to encourage you. Even in your weakness, when you begin to walk in God's gifts, you will now start to feel more energy. more excitement because you're gonna start to see God move. In fact, there's nothing better than to be completely weak, to think I've got nothing to give and to give out of God's spirit and see him move and then you go, well, I guess that was God because it sure won me. That's a beautiful thing. So even in our weakest places, even in our tired moments, even in our busy seasons of our lives, we can offer our gifts to the Lord. We can offer our gifts to God's people, and it will change over the years. Of course, the kind of things I could do when I had a lot of little kids running around was very different than what I can do now. But yet, the Lord wants to use each one of us. Every one of you is important. Every one of you has a gift to bring. Every one of you. This is how God's church is built. Your presence matters. Your presence matters. Everyone plays, everyone gets to play, and everyone needs to play because we need, we need each one of us. So how do we know what our spiritual gifts are? Uh, a couple of ways, if you saw in your e-bulletin this week. Uh, Lisa sent out a couple of links, one link to the shape test, which is one that I they believe you've used here before, but you know, there's never any harm in doing it again either. It's always a little interesting. Mine shift a little bit over the years when I redo the same test, so go ahead and retake the shape test if you like. It's an online test, doesn't take too long. You can even submit the results of that, um, send it to the office, and so that we can know what your gifts are, and we can help place you in different ministries if that would be helpful to you. Um, so that's one option. There's also another, link that she sent you out, which is a PDF to a slightly bigger list of of gifts um, that pull some from the Old Testament and so on. And so that, you can also look at that and take that gift test. It's also a paper copy on that little table over there if you want to take a paper copy of that second gift test. So take a gift test. Realize that this is not overly scientific. I mean, it's a self-evaluation. You're basically saying, you know, evaluating yourself. And so, you know, it's not necessarily foolproof but it's an indicator. It's to get you in the right direction of what are my gifts? Um, What has God put in me? Another really good way to know your gifts is to ask somebody else who knows you well. Ask another believer, ask your spouse, ask somebody, a good friend. Say, what do you think my gifts are? Sometimes we're blind to them. I had a friend years ago when I was going through seminary was such an encouragement to me. Every single week he'd be encouraging me about it and I finally said to him at one point, "You know, you have the gift of encouragement and he goes, I do? He didn't even know he did. He just did it, but he never recognized it. So sometimes we don't recognize in ourselves what other people recognize. So do that as a little homework today. Ask your spouse or best friend when you leave this place, What's, what do you think my spiritual gifts are? See what they say. It'd be very interesting to know. And the other way to know your spiritual gifts is just to step out and do it. Just do it, like Nike says. Just do it. Just step out. You'll know right away if it really isn't your gift. <laughs> um, it won't go so well, and it, you know, won't be the be- won't be the most exciting time of your life, but you will also know when it is your gift because you'll start to flow in that Holy Spirit. Just ease. Uh, not that it's easy, but there's something that comes when the Holy Spirit is empowering what you're doing. Um, and so you will, you will know. You will know. I also should just point out that we also have to be willing to do things that are not in our gifting sometimes. We're all called to serve. We're all called to have faith and pray in faith for people. Um, not having the gift is not an excuse. You might have gathered from my earlier story that whenever I take these tests, the gift of mercy does not score so high for me. <laughs> um, but the fact that I don't really have the gift of mercy doesn't mean that I you know, get a pass on being merciful. I don't say, well, I don't have the gift of mercy, so I can just be mean to everybody. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> No, God has worked in my life over the years to develop a, a heart of love and of mercy, uh, even though that's not my, my strong gifting. So we are meant to work out all of these characteristics uh, in our faith over the years, and God will grow us in those areas, and he's going to use us in areas. There's times when we need to clean up the, you know, clean the floors and empty the, to, you know, clean the toilets and empty the trash, and um, I'm not sure whose gift that is, but um, somebody has to do it. So we, we need to serve. We don't have to limit ourselves just to what This is not about excellence and perfection. It's not like I got my gift and I'm going to use it to perfection. It's just having an attitude of offering, of offering ourselves to God and then allowing him to empower us. Allowing him to empower us. So want to remind you that we're having this ministry fair for the next three weeks. It's, um, you know, a great time to think about your gifts and where you might want to serve here at at Gate City Vineyard. Um, I asked Lisa to put out um, little strips of paper, I, you know, I asked her to do it, and then I realized how long it took her, I felt bad afterwards, but, so thank you, Lisa. Um, she's not here today, but um, little strips of paper that have the different gifts next to the different ministries. So you can kind of see connection between the gift that you have and what ministries might use that gift. It's kind of interesting. So um, that's over there on the table. Um, I encourage you to look at that. I, I want to emphasize that ministry fair, a ministry fair is not about plugging holes. It's not about, oh gosh, you know, every ministry needs to have a person on it. I'm not going to beg you. I don't want ministry leaders to beg you to be in their ministry. (laughs) Um, It's really about finding the place where your passion and your gifts match a need. There's a little... You know, if you've been in any corporate seminars, they put this sort of thing up there as well. But it really is true for church as well, that where your passion and your gifts from the Lord meet the needs, that's the sweet spot, right? That's where we want to each be serving if we can, to be where our gifts met a need that's here. And I have no problem, if, there are no, as if there's a ministry in which no one has any gifts or passion for that, I have no problem shutting that down for a season. We, you know, God provides the gifting and the people to do the things that he wants us to do and it may not be a season for that particular ministry. So I don't need to have everything filled up, but I need to know that every one of you has said to the Lord, I will do whatever you are calling me to do. I will offer my gifts and my time to you, Lord. Where would you like me to give? Where would you like me to serve? What are my gifts? Just ask yourself what ministry excites you. I'm gonna leave you with one more story. Um, About 20 years ago, I decided I really wanted to be involved with a place called the Walter Hoving Home. They're a Christian rehabilitation residential home for women who have had drug and alcohol addictions. And so I I just loved the ministry. I liked the people that were working there. I I liked the girls, and I loved what they were doing with the girls, and so I just wanted to be involved in it. I had just started to stay home with my kids, so I had a little extra time, so I called them, and I said, "Um, you know, I'd love to volunteer. What would, you know, is there something that you guys need? And, by the way, people love it when you do that. We would love, Chris would love that if you just said, Chris, I've got some time, what can I do? He would be so happy. Um, so so I, I, I said that to them, and they asked me, they said, well, do you, do you know tech at all? Do you know computers? And I actually had a computer science degree, so I was like, I, I actually do. And um, I hesitate to say this, because this is going to date me terribly. But uh, they said, well, we actually need someone to teach word perfect to the girls, does anybody remember WordPerfect, okay? Okay, we're going way back. And weirdly enough, I knew WordPerfect, and I was like, ugh, you know, like th- teaching word processing, and Word Perfect especially, like I just, oh. But that was what they needed, so I was like, sure, I'll do it, I'll, uh, anything to get up there, right? So I started teaching the girls every other week. I went up there and was teaching word Perfect to them. And about nine months into my time of doing that, um, they came to me and said, hey, our parenting teacher just left and we desperately need someone to teach parenting to these girls, is that something that you would love to do? Well, that was my heartbeat at that point too. I was a mom teaching parenting and so I was so excited and for the next 14 years I taught parenting at the Walter Hoving home. Every other week up there with those girls, teaching them how to love their kids and I developed a whole curriculum for them because there wasn't anything there. So this this was incredible. And so my point of this is I would have never gotten to the place of teaching parenting which, was in my gifting and in my passion, if I hadn't said yes to teaching word perfect, which was in my talent mix, but not my passion. Sometimes we just need to say yes to God, and he starts to put us where he wants us to be. He opens the door that he wants for us. So church, can we be expectant? First of all, expectant that God wants to use you. That you have a gift that everyone plays and that means you. And that God is going to use you and your gift for this body. That that you can be expectant about that. That you can be excited about that. And can we also be ready? Can we take a spiritual gifts test and find out what our gifts are? Can we offer ourselves to the Lord? Can we look at our schedule, see where we should be serving Him and serving His kingdom? Can we be ready to do what He has called us to do? Let's pray. Father God, we are excited that you have decided to do things this way, Lord. That you gift us with gifts from your Spirit, Lord. That we can use for your body, Lord. That we are not, um, we're not a, a body of a, peop- a people full of customers and clients, but we are we're a body, Lord. That every part of us is so important, Lord. And I just, I just know there's someone out here this morning who after everything I've said, i said, yeah, but it's really not for me. It's those other people are, are good at this stuff, not me. Just sense that someone is thinking that, that it's not, this is not about me. And I want to say, say to you this morning, the Lord says to you, yes, it is about you. You are needed and you are valuable and you are gifted. And you may not know what it is yet, and that's Okay. But he doesn't expect us to have it all figured out. He just wants us to take a step forward with him. So I just pray that this morning over each one of us, Lord. You're tugging on our hearts, Lord. You're, you're calling us to things, calling us to things that might not even be on that ministry table over there. Lord, we're, we're, we want to say yes to you. What you're calling us to—the gift and the passion that you put on our hearts—make us ready to say yes to you, Lord. Like just take a moment in your in your in the quiet. Say yes to him. We lay down fear. We lay down, oh God, I'm so busy and I'm so tired, I don't know what to do. We just lay all that down. You're going to take care of all that. You get that. We're just offering everything we have to you, Lord. We lay it at your feet. I want to invite anybody that wants to come up to be prayed for during this time. We're going to go ahead into the song in a few moments, maybe one time through softly, and then after that um, we'll bring it up. But this is a moment for you to come forward and say yes to God. And maybe yes for you right now is just saying, I'm going to just get my kids in here and my family here, and we're going to we're going to start to make you a priority, Lord. That might be the yes that we give him. It might be yes to some Ministry might be yes to using our gifts, but I want to give you this opportunity to pray. If you'd like to be prayed for, we have our prayer teams who so will come up here and pray for you. But I want us to just take a moment here to say yes to God. Yes to you, Lord.